Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored once again by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show takes you into the field to those places where you have those mastermind meetings and aha moments that can change your life or move you closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. We go to places where you have these conversations. You may occasionally hear a little bit of ambient noise in the background. You also notice that we do not broadcast from some $25,000 Hollywood quality studio with soundproof walls. In fact, today I come to you from the living room, my apartment here in Las Vegas, known to some as the hottest city in America, where I am accompanied by my feline production assistants. And we're going to have a conversation about how to recession-proof your retirement, which particularly in this day and age is a very hot topic. Uh, A lot of folks are concerned about what's going on with their ability to retire. Uh, With all the changes in the job market, the idea of even having an expectation you'll be in your current job if you are a corporate employee for a year is now a question mark. Entrepreneurship is changing so fast. The side hustle thing has become such a major thing. And so what we want to look at is how to Develop what you're doing in such a way that you will be able to look forward to some sort of retirement on your own. See, often we stay in draining jobs for the wrong reasons. Uh, Stability, a regular paycheck, reliable 401k, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what what we want to do is we want to look at whether you are a corporate employee or whether you're an entrepreneur, is we want to look at stopping that cycle of would-be solopreneurs staying in restrictive corporate jobs by offering a simple piece of stress relief, relieving advice, which we're going to share with you in just a moment. Uh, our guest has a new book out about this, so we're going to be speaking a bit about that. And it's going to shed light on a practical financial pathway to retirement that is so often slept on by both solopreneurs and those dreaming of a solopreneur career. His name is Sean Mullaney. He's a financial planner and CPA licensed in California and Virginia who operates a solo financial planning firm. Prior to establishing his firm, he had a long career working for big four accounting firms and the IRS. Employed by his own firm, he's one of millions of Americans, uh, I guess we call them solopreneurs, who are self-employed or work for their own small companies, which is a key demographic of the Business Creators Radio Show's audience. He advises his clients on This strategy he's going to share, I keep alluding to a strategy he's going to share because I want to raise the suspense for a moment, and it's so simple, Uh, and it's something that he has actually done for himself. He is the author of a new book, which happens to also be the name of the strategy he's going to share, so I'm going to continue to raise the suspense, and uh, he does have a website, which I'm going to introduce to you at at the very end of this. He has an invitation for you. 
But for now, Sean Mullaney, come on in. The weather's fine. Adam, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. All right. I've read off your official bio. It's very impressive. I'm not sure if I'm worthy to be here. And uh, and this is my show. So uh, what I want to do here first off is before we get into this strategy that you're going to share with us that I keep alluding to and teasing, tell us a bit behind the curtain, between the lines, a bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Yeah, so Adam, I uh, had a journey that I think is like a lot of the journeys out there in the audience, right? So I was a career W-2 employee until age 40. Uh, I was an accounting major in college, uh, and I wound up in big four accounting, uh, did a, a spell in law school, got a law degree to do more corporate tax work, and I had a successful career in that uh, enterprise. But, you know, I always had this itch to scratch on the personal finance side. And it's tough, right? When you have a career going and things are going okay, you're building up retirement savings and a nest egg. It's hard to say, okay, you know, this career that's going well, that's paying the bills and building up retirement, ah, bye-bye, I'm just going to start my own thing. But I ultimately did in 2018, I left my big four accounting job, 2019 started my financial planning firm. And so I've gone on that journey from W-2 to solopreneur. Uh, where, you know, it's on you now to get revenue in the door, to build up your retirement savings, those sorts of things. And so the book I recently released, Solo 401k, The Solopreneur's Retirement Account, you know, comes from that journey that I went on, where, you know, what I want people to understand is that retirement saving and tax planning should not be a gating issue in terms of this journey from W-2 work to solopreneurship. Not everybody's cut out to be a solopreneur, and that's okay. But I, I hope folks don't uh, askew that path and stay in the W-2 world just because they don't think they're going to be able to save for their retirement. Yeah, uh, when I got first introduced to that concept of the side hustle, in fact, I was a side hustler for two years. If you go back to the very beginnings of my entry into the entrepreneurial world, it was a seesaw that went back and forth for almost two years. Am I going to continue to climb this corporate ladder or am I going to break off on my own? And back then, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what to ask. I didn't know the questions were available to be asked. And as a result, I sat there for two years. With what I know now, that would probably be more like two weeks. However, we don't always know what resources are available because we don't understand the world. And that's actually one of my passions for what has kept me doing the Business Creators Radio Show for over nine years and almost 600 episodes is helping to share that message to those who need it and may be able to experience their liberation a lot sooner. So overall, uh, there's a few points you wanted us to cover here. So I'm going to make sure we get through all these. And then I have some other questions for you. Uh, many of us may find the need to become solopreneurs out as necessity in the upcoming months. I know some entrepreneurs who are thinking about essentially, I mean, these are entrepreneurs who own their own businesses, who are actually in the process of developing side hustles from their hustle uh, in the upcoming months. So with the necessity and how the economy is changing and everything, let's start very broad and work our way in. What are some of the retirement tips we do need to know? Because before we're in that hot seat, retirement planning falls to the wayside. Yeah. So I think when you're self-employed, you need to be thinking about um, two things, right? One is building up retirement savings, right? Because nobody from HR emails you the link to the 401k portal and okay, 
go make your investment allocation election and those sorts of things, right? It's now on you. Uh, so I think you need to be thinking about that. And then uh, you also need to be thinking about tax savings, right? So being self-employed is great, but it's also a great way to pay a whole lot of tax. And so, you know, the book I, I wrote deals with this mechanism called the solo 401k. And look, I'm not here to give tax advice to any one particular person in the audience. I'm here to provide educational content. But I will say that for most solopreneurs, the solo 401k is this great intersection of two things. One, building up tax advantage retirement savings, and two, getting some very healthy tax deductions. The solo 401k can help lower the tax bill because you get to make two potential contributions. One is an employee, just like at a big, big employer, you know, where you have that large 401k, you get those employee contributions, great. But then you also get to make employer contributions. You get to wear both hats now as both the employee and the employer. So we get some really big tax deductions. And oh, by the way, we're getting tax deductions by paying ourselves, by building up our own tax advantage wealth so that you know two things are true. One, we're having more financial stability in our lives, which is very important when we're entrepreneurs and solopreneurs. And two, we're getting to a place where maybe one day we can hang them up, right? We don't have to work until the grave. We can have adequate retirement savings so that uh, we can retire at an age that we would like to retire at. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up an interesting point uh, that as entrepreneurs, we become uh, we manage to gain tax benefits on both sides of the coin. Now, uh, a phrase that I've been using for years is that we sign both sides of our paychecks. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And, you know, folks worry about things like the self-employment tax and, um, you know, and even like S corporations. What am I doing there? You know, so the interesting thing about writing a book about the solo 401k is you don't aim to write about things like S corporations, things like the self-employment tax, uh, but you wind up having to because it's all part of this planning in terms of, okay, what do I want to do this year? Do I want to, you know, just max out a traditional deductible solo 401k? Do I want to do some Roth for, in my solo 401k? Do I want to think about maybe establishing an S corporation for my business? Um, so my book touches on all those topics just because it's all intertwined, right? You can't just say, well, should I have a solo 401k or not? Well, that's an important question, but you want to be thinking about some of these other things too when we're thinking about our financial picture and our retirement savings when we're self-employed. Yeah. And, you know, uh, this leads to another thing. You know, I've one of the very first things I did when I decided I was going to take the entrepreneurial route, even when I was in that phase where I didn't know if I was going to go full bore with it or it was going to be an ongoing side hustle. And again, this is before the term side hustle was well known, uh, was to form a limited liability company, get a tax ID and do the S Corp filings. And as I did that, I heard from all these people who said, you know, I have a friend who's a lawyer who told me that I should just do a sole prop. And I'm th and, and, and even then I was like 20 nothing years old. I'm thinking, so a lawyer who would have made an easy thousand dollars by working with you to set up the corporation turned away a gimme to give you that advice. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so Adam, I, I take a bit of a nuanced view to this, and I think the, the world has changed a little bit. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, the tax law was a little simpler in this regard. So, you know, five, 10 years ago, a lot of folks said, well, you're making so much in income, you just need to be an S corporation. 
And a couple of things happened. One, the solo 401k came to prominence. And that means, you know, some people work with an S corporation, they could save a lot on payroll taxes, but maybe you can't get quite as much into the solo 401k. So that can be a trade-off. Then there's this thing called a qualified business income deduction. And okay. that has sort of this interesting interplay, um, which my book goes into, where sometimes it makes the S corporation less attractive. But I will say there are times where it makes the S corporation more attractive. So what I generally tell folks is on this S corporation or not S corporation, um, these days, I don't think there are too many slam dunks when it comes to that decision. I think you need to think about the numbers. I, I think it oftentimes pays to work with a professional to just run some numbers. Hey, what does it look like with an S corporation with this level of income? What does it look like as a Schedule C, sole prop, um, and, and run those numbers? Um, and then you want to also think about the compliance costs, right? So there is an additional compliance burden when we are an S corporation. We have to file a separate tax return. We have these yeah. payroll tax returns. So, um, you know, I think the S corporation has worked out real well for a whole lot of folks. I do think in today's environment, which has changed with the new tax laws that came in starting in 2018, I think it's it's a it's just it's something that I think needs some real attention. And I hesitate to say, okay, here's the stock answer. You're, you know, I don't like doing that in today's environment. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, so let's shift gears a little bit. And, uh, and, you know, there is fear about giving up a corporate job to become a solopreneur. So how can we sidestep that? In fact, I think part of the reason it took me two years was that I was kind of wrapped up in the fear of like, well, what happens if? Yeah, so I'll, I'll say a few things about that, right? So we do too much planning um, in the world based on unlikely scenarios, right? And look, I'm not here to say everybody in the audience is going to just leave their job and start a very successful business. Um, but I do think sometimes we overemphasize the downside uh, scenarios when we do our planning. So that's one thing to think about. Second thing to think about is one thing you can do is build up some stability before you take the leap, right? So what I mean by that is, you know, build up those savings and also think about what's your situation with your spouse, right? So maybe it's one, you know, you have two spouses, they're both W-2 workers and one is really itching to go out self-employed. The other one's, you know, very happy in their W-2 job. Well, okay, maybe you've got enough financial stability just on the first spouse's salary that you really shouldn't be all that hesitant. And maybe you're going to have better, you know, financial life where you have one who's self-employed and has more flexibility there. And the other is W-2 and you have more stability there. But even for those folks who are single out there, well, okay, build up some, some wealth, build up some emergency funds, even um, accounts and brokerages where it's like, okay, you know, I, I can't live forever. I can't retire but I have some financial stability as I'm making this move into self-employment. Or the yeah. other thing too, Adam, one other thought is maybe you do what you did, Adam, which is start off as a side hustle, right? So you get some, you know, some revenue in the door, you get some proof of concept, just mental proof of concept. And all right, so I've got a little side hustle, side hustle, build it up. And then I take the leap, leave the W2 and make the side hustle, the full-time self-employment. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think I, don't disagree that sometimes just looking at your situation and, and timing, part of my timing for when I decided to make the full jump was that I was, except for my student loan, which everybody has one, I was basically debt-free 
I wasn't encumbered with a marriage and children or anything along those lines. So what better time? I mean, my absolute worst case situation was I would have to find another job, which wouldn't have been hard for me. That's right. That's right. So maybe it's you, you, you go out on your own. I mean, I, you know, so look, I have not had a, a W-2 job outside of my own firm uh, since the year 2018. So I might not be the best resource on this particular point. But, you know, folks who have good resumes, who take a chance and maybe decide, look, you know what, self-employment wasn't for me. You can always find another job. Uh, and, and some folks are going to say, oh, look, you, you were a W-2 worker for a long time and then you, you took a, a risk. And, and they also don't have to know why you're applying for that job. You could just say, look, you know, I'm doing the self-employment thing, but you as a particular employer are particularly attractive to me for these reasons. And I think I could add value. Nobody's going to say, oh, well, they did self-employment. They're coming to us with their tail between their legs. Um, and then sometimes you might just find your old employer is very interested in getting you back after a year or two. Sometimes that can be the case. And I did see cases like that where, and this is actually part of what encouraged me is I had worked for a company for several years and I'd seen a few people go into entrepreneurship and then come back. So there's- Yeah, that absolutely can be a path, right? Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I think we overemphasize the permanence of any one decision, right? I have a little saying in, in my practice, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary tax law. But really, in terms of our, our economics, our careers, there's nothing more temporary than a permanent job, right? And, and that can be permanent self-employment, too. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. So uh, tell us about this solo 401k thing. Uh, this is, as you said, what you set up to uh, increase your retirement savings. And how is this better than a typical 401k. So if you could bifurcate yeah. that and explain yeah. how it applies to this particular segment. Yeah, so the solo 401k is literally what the book says it is. It's the solopreneur's retirement account. So it's just like you start off with large employers, they have their 401k. Your solo 401k is essentially the same thing just for a one-person business enterprise as a general principle. Let's start off as a very general principle. And so what that means is you can get both employee and employer contributions into a solo 401k, just like a workplace 401k. Um, Now you say, well, wait a minute, you know, the largest employers in the world, Apple, Google, you know, General Motors, they have 401ks. Isn't this thing going to be expensive as all get out? Turns out, no, it's not. Because it's a solo 401k, the investment firms, the financial brokerages, they like to offer them sort of as a leader to get folks in the door, right? So, okay. oh yeah, you know, sign up for our, they'll, sometimes they'll call it an individual 401k, solo 401k, whatever they call it, sign up for that because they want you in the door as a client otherwise. And the fees can be non-existent other than the investment, the, you know, the mutual funds inside the solo 401k themselves are generally going to have fees. Some institutions just offer it no cost um, or a very minimal cost, you know, $20 per fund. And even that can get waived if you meet certain asset minimums and those sorts of things. Um, so that's the basics of it. Now, I see two big advantages when you compare a large employer 401k to a solo 401k. The first advantage is you are now in charge of the investment selection, the financial institution selection, right? You work for a large employer. They say, look, we have this brokerage house and we offer these 20 funds and allocate your investments among these 20 funds. Well, now that you're the solopreneur, you're in charge of the solo 401k, you get to go find the investment uh, 
institution and you get to pick the mutual funds that you want to invest in, right? So the menu now shifts to you. You get to do low cost funds, whatever it is you're looking for based on your particular investment objectives. Great. So I think that's one big advantage of the solo 401k. The second thing is contribution limits, right? And so what I'm talking about here are the employer contribution limits. Now, the employee contribution limits are roughly the same, right? There's really no difference between large employer and solo 401k. It's the lesser of uh, earned income or in the year 2023, it's 22,500 if you're under age 50. So that's a nice healthy limit there. But on the employer side, when you work for a large employer, they usually offer you some match, right? Your salary is $100,000. They say, well, we'll met, match 50 cents on the dollar up to 6% of your salary. Always dangerous to do math on a podcast, but by my math, that would be a $3,000 employer contribution to your large employer 401k if you have $100,000 of salary. That's great, right? That's money that you get to build up tax advantage wealth. Fantastic, $3,000. Well, what might it be if you're a solo 401k? Well, now you get to decide the employer contribution subject to some IRS limits. But those limits can allow you to decide to contribute up to 18500 as an employer, right? And there's a little change in that calculation, right? So by, being, by having a solo 401k as a solopreneur, you might be 6xing the employer contribution to the, to the 401k because it's a solo 401k. So I'd say the, the increased contribution limits and the ability to choose your own investments and your own financial institution are the two big advantages I see that the solo 401k enjoys over the large employer 401ks. Yeah. All right. So that makes a lot of sense, actually. And I follow it. I follow it pretty well. And uh, so, I mean, overall, is this is a pretty easy thing to do is what I'm hearing. It's just a, ma it's just a matter of starting an account is basically what I'm getting. Yeah, so there is a bit of a process in terms of account adaptation, uh, and this will vary provider to provider. Most of them now have online portals. Um, yeah. And so this isn't quite as easy, Adam, as setting up, say, a Roth IRA. That is, you know, a relatively simple thing. Yeah. But this is one of those things, you know, if, if you were able to navigate the process to get a driver's license, to sign up for the SAT, these sorts of life things, you're generally going to be able to navigate the process for a solo 401k, uh, particularly at the large discount brokerages. Um, they, they make the process pretty easy. It's going to take a, a little bit of paperwork. It's, you know, and I talk about the process a little bit in the book, of course, but um, this is not reinventing the wheel, which is good. Yeah. So in terms of market performance uh, and expectations, how would we compare the solo 401k to say the Roth or the traditional 401k? Yeah. So that's a great question, Adam. And of course, I'm not here to give any particular person investment advice. Right, 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 right. Right. And I'll yeah. also disclaim that this is not to be construed as advice. I know that yeah. I know you need that to be said as well. Oh, of course. But from an educational perspective, when you think about like a Roth IRA versus a traditional IRA versus a solo 401k versus your workplace 401k, they can all have different investments. And by having any one of those accounts, Roth IRA, traditional IRA, solo 401k, you're not limited to any particular investment. So you could have, you know, the same investment, say it's a domestic uh, equity, you know, so that's stocks of US companies, domestic equity, mutual fund. 
Well, that could be in your Roth IRA. It could be in your traditional IRA. It could be in a solo 401k. So in terms of investment performance, there's no particular um, limits or uh, there's no particular constraints in terms of the investments that might be in a solo 401k versus a Roth IRA versus a taxable brokerage. Now, there are some legal rules that you have to navigate in terms of these less common investments. But if we're thinking about the more common financial assets, stocks, bonds, uh, exchange traded funds, mutual funds, generally speaking, those can all reside in a solo 401k, just like they can reside in a large 401k, traditional IRA, Roth IRA, taxable brokerage. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So uh, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of uh, anything else that we need to know around the, uh, around the solo 401k, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, what, what, else, what else should we be, be looking at in terms of uh, why, I mean, is this the best solution for everybody, I think is what we're asking. So what I'd say to that, Adam is, well, one, not everybody qualifies for a solo 401k, you know, Oh, you have- really? Yeah, you do have to have self-employment income, right? And that's a relatively low hurdle, but you can't just set it up for like a hobby. Okay. Um, And then the second thing you want to think about is you have to look at your business structure and in terms of operations and do you have employees? Now, you are allowed to have Uh some part-time employees where if they work less than a thousand hours a year, and they've worked less than 500 hours a year for each of the last three years. That rule comes in 2024, of course, there's a complicated tax rule. But generally speaking, if you have very part-time employees, you're probably gonna be able to sign up for a solo 401k, um, but you have to check with each particular institution, right? Not every institution follows those two tax rules I mentioned. Some say if you have an employee for an hour who's not your spouse, no solo 401k. So you got to double check with the institution when you sign up. So that's important to keep in mind. Um, But I will say for most folks who qualify for the solo 401k, I believe it is generally the best self-employed retirement account. Its main competitor is something called a SEP IRA. And look, a lot of folks have over the years used the SEP IRA very well to build up tax advantage wealth and get tax deductions, and that's great. The one problem with the SEP that I see, and I actually have a whole chapter on this, and I will say I yeah. think there are more than one, there's more than one problem, but the big problem I see with the SEP versus the solo is the SEP does not allow that employee contribution, right? So the SEP allows that employer contribution and the limit is is essentially the same, right? So in in that regard, there's really no difference between SEP IRA, solo 401k from a practical perspective. But in terms of employee contributions, the SEP doesn't allow them, the solo 401k does. So for the full-time solopreneur, the solo 401k can offer a much higher contribution limit. So I think for most solopreneurs out there, the solo is better than the SEP. But I will say, look, folks have had success with the SEP IRA. And, uh, you know, it th- doesn't mean you can't have success with the SEP IRA. But I do think you're more likely to have more success with the solo 401k. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Okay. So, um, you know, we are, uh, you know, pretty close to the end here, actually. And uh, I think you've made a you know, a pretty clear explanation. And I don't want to overly belabor this conversation because I think you've gotten pretty much right to the point on this. Uh, but, you know, I do want to point out that, uh, you know, there are a number of different options out there. And I would like to encourage our listeners to do one thing that's very important. Uh, please visit your website. And that website is 
www.fitaxguy.com. FITaxGuy.com. And FITaxGuy.com is my blog. I publish educational resources there. I've got a landing page for my new book. Um, so you can yeah. see some resources up on that website. Absolutely. Tell, yeah. As we wrap up, tell us a bit about the book because I was actually just about to say that. Yeah. So the book is available, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, some of the other electronic outlets. It's a book about the solo 401k and sort of how you do tax and retirement planning using that as a tool. And so I, it's focused really on the solopreneurs, the side hustlers out there. And, um, you know, it, it tries to give some educational principles, some guidance, you know, trying to clear the air about the solo 401k. There's a lot of confusion out there about it. And I think it's such a valuable tool that it's a shame that there is so much confusion out there. So that's what I'm trying to do in this book is clear the air, give you some principles in terms of implementing the solo 401k. If you are a solopreneur, if you're a side hustler, it's such, such a great resource. And I hate that confusion gets in the way of people saving for retirement. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I encourage all of our listeners, visit your website at www.fitaxguy.com. And you have, do have a great blog, by the way. I've had a chance to check it out. It really breaks some things down by the numbers and helps people with their decision process and such. And with that, Sean Mulaney, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor. And believe me, in education. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. Really appreciate it. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.